It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Dodgers, your daily Los Angeles Dodgers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So I say D, I say D-O, D-O-D, D-O-D-G, D-O-D-G-E-R-S, team, 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 team. Hello, Dodger fans. Welcome to Locked On Dodgers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, the number one local sports daily podcast network. Locked On, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the app and join Vince and me weekly to get in on the action. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. Locked on Dodgers is the daily podcast covering the world champion Los Angeles Dodgers, bringing you the smart fans perspective on our boys in blue. I am Jeff Snyder, baseball essential Uh, solo. This first half Vince will be along for the second half of the episode. We're doing a split episode because Vince is, as I'm recording this, he's sitting at angel stadium, watching that other team in uh, Southern California play baseball. And uh, yeah, they're, so we're doing a split episode anyway. So I'm going to talk to you about a little follow-up on Dave Roberts' decision-making. And then, you know, the Dodgers lost in extra innings again. Uh, I don't want to talk too much about that because it sucks and, and it's depressing. Uh, but I am going to talk about some things that happened in the game that, you know, maybe uh, might be interesting or something. Uh, you know, we all know they lost. We all know their bullpen is shorthanded. We all know blah, 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 blah. It sucked. Uh, so I'm not going to talk too much about that, but I'm going to talk about Anthony Rizzo's non-double play. That's just interesting to me from a baseball standpoint. going to talk about, uh, New York getting it wrong when Wilson Contreras blocked home plate. going to talk about the possibility of intentionally walking the potential winning run and uh, stuff like that. So that's the plan for today. But first, I want to remind you, please follow Locked on Dodgers wherever you get your podcasts. And when you get in your car or sit on your couch, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked on Dodgers. All right. So in yesterday's episode, I reserved the right if uh, if Matt Beatty started on Wednesday and seemed to be healthy, I reserved the right to come back and uh, say that I disagreed with Dave Roberts really strongly. And so that's what I'm doing. Matt Beatty appears to be healthy. It appears that the reason he didn't play it all in the doubleheader is just because Dave Roberts chose not to use him. And the one time he did use him, it was as a decoy. Uh, and, and for me, like I said yesterday, all the individual calls are defensible, you know, not starting him when, you know, it would have meant putting somebody rusty at third base. I get it. You know, I would have had Matt Beatty start at least one of those two games, but I can understand why he didn't. Um, that, that where it gets indefensible to me is sending him up there as a pinch hitter to face a right-handed pitcher, knowing that the, the Cubs had Andrew Chafin warmed up in the bullpen. So essentially just using him as a decoy. When they had Luke Rayleigh, who very easily could have been the decoy, maybe they leave the right-handed pitcher in to face Rayleigh because Rayleigh is, you know, not very good. Uh, but I'd rather have Rayleigh against a righty and have Beatty available for a later situation than to not have Beatty at all. Uh, they also had Cabert Ruiz, who's a switch hitter. And so they could send him up there to face the righty uh, from his stronger side, the left side. And if they change pitchers and bring in Andrew Chafin, he can still stay in the game and switch to right-handed. So uh, Matt Beatty would have been uh, my last choice for a guy to send up in that situation. And for me, that just seems to be lack of game awareness. And that's 
not typical for Dave Roberts. That's why it's so frustrating for me. I know a lot of you don't like Dave Roberts, don't think he's good at managing and making decisions and stuff. But the fact is to simply just not apparently be aware that the Cubs had a left-hander warming up, that's where that's atypical. And and that's why it was so frustrating to me. Like it just seems like Dave Roberts just had a brain fart or was brain dead at the moment. And that's that's frustrating. Uh so anyway. Beatty played, didn't do much of anything, and, uh, you know, it's not like Matt Beatty is guaranteed to get hits anyway, but, yeah, it would be nice to have your best hitters in the lineup, and, uh, you know, Edwin Rios, I think Vince might talk later. Edwin Rios went on the injured list, uh, so I'm not going to talk too much about that, but that's my Dave Roberts follow-up. Next thing I want to talk about is the Anthony Rizzo non-double play in one of those extra innings, uh, top of the 11th, probably, Uh when it could have been an inning-ending double play, the Dodgers had first and third, Muncie on third, Smith on first, one out, and a ground ball to Anthony Rizzo right next to the base, and he threw to second for the force, but Javi Baez thought that Rizzo had stepped on first and then thrown, so Baez put the tag down on Smith, didn't make a return throw to first, so Beatty was safe at first. Muncie scored the go-ahead run. At the time, that seemed like a big deal. It ended up not mattering because the stupid stupid, stupid stuff happened. Uh, but at the time it was a big deal. And, uh, you know, I saw a lot of talk. So I just kind of want to give my perspective on that play. Uh, it's not really, you know, I could do this on any podcast about baseball. It's not Dodger specific, but it's really interesting to me. And so the thought process there is Rizzo, you know, most of the time when you see a play like that, yeah, the first baseman will step on first base and then throw to the shortstop and yell tag. So the shortstop knows he needs to put a tag down because it's no longer a force play. Uh, Rizzo, in this case, um, my best guess, and I, I really think this is what was going on, he was aware enough to realize, okay, if I step on first, the force is gone. If Will Smith hears me yell tag, he's going to stop and make Baez come get him to tag him, which will give Muncie time to score the go-ahead run. And so what Rizzo was doing was recognize, okay, Beatty is not not slow, but not the fastest guy in the world, hit relatively hard. I think I have time to throw to second and then get the return throw from Baez to first to get the traditional double play, which then means that it doesn't matter whether Muncie crossed the plate or not because it's a force play to end the inning, so Muncie's run wouldn't count. That was the thought. And Rizzo, when he never yelled tag, Baez should have, uh, since Rizzo didn't yell tag, Baez should have taken the throw at second and then thrown it to first. Uh, it, It was a miscommunication between the two of them, and you could probably make an argument either way that, you know, maybe uh maybe Rizzo should have yelled force come back to me, you know, something. Um, but there's no set thing that you yell there. Be you yell tag because tag is the exception. Uh and so uh you usually don't have to yell anything when you're doing the normal thing. Uh but in this case, Baez was expecting one thing, Rizzo did the other thing, ended up giving the Dodgers a run. Uh Dodgers then got another hit but couldn't capitalize to to take even more advantage of it. Uh, but you know, I, I thought that was really interesting because in a way it was a really heads up play by Rizzo, even though it ended up costing them just because of the miscommunication, but, uh, shows you how some of these professional fielders and Rizzo is a great first baseman. He had that whole thought process in a split second thinking, okay, I'm going to go for the force so that it's not a timing play and give Muncie a chance to score. I thought that was really interesting. I enjoyed watching it. Obviously I enjoyed it more because the Dodgers scored on it. Uh, because the Cubs didn't execute it, and I would have enjoyed it even more if it ended up being the winning run. But whatever. 
So anyway, that's my first couple thoughts. Uh, I'm going to come back in a minute. I'm going to talk about Wilson Contreras uh, blocking the plate and New York letting him get away with it. And I'm going to talk about the possibility of intentionally walking the potential winning run. So keep it locked on Dodgers. This episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Locker Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. Vince and I host rooms for Locked On Dodgers once a week. Yes, you can finally join in on the conversation you listen to here every day. Vince and I love doing these episodes on Locker Room. Uh, gives you guys a chance to get your voice on the podcast, ask your questions, give your comments uh, in real time, and it, it's fun to have an audience. Uh, you know, we enjoy doing the podcast just talking to each other, or like tonight, talking to ourselves. But uh, it's a lot of fun to talk directly to you guys. We do it once a week. We've already done this week's, but uh, keep an eye out next week. We'll announce it here on the podcast. We'll announce it on Twitter, and you can uh, download the app the locker room app. It's only available on iOS devices. Uh, but if you follow me, Snydog, that's the account that we do our, our episodes from our chats. So follow Snydog and you can tell it to notify you whenever I go live, just create a profile, link your Twitter and join the MLB group for the latest league updates. Locker room, changing the way we talk sports. Rockauto.com is a family owned auto parts online business. And honestly, if you ever need auto parts, and you don't go to rockauto.com, you're basically just throwing away money. Uh, I even had an experience one time where I bought some auto parts, and then I was talking to a mechanic, and I told him I had bought the parts on rockauto.com, and he said, oh, you really know your stuff. And it totally changed the way the mechanic talked to me uh, because Rock Auto is well-respected. Every mechanic knows Rock Auto is the place to go because they have all the parts your car will ever need, and they have great prices. They don't charge... uh, a different price for you than they do for a mechanic. They charge the same low price. I've saved hundreds and hundreds of dollars at rockauto.com just by going and buying my parts there. And then, you know, I take it back to the dealer and have them install it because I'm not that much of a, a tough guy to install my own auto parts. But, uh, you know, just buying my own parts instead of going through the dealership, I've saved hundreds and hundreds of dollars. And you can too. Just go to rockauto.com and see all the parts available for your car or truck. And when you buy something, right, locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. All right, so back to talking about this dumb game. Uh, I During the game, uh, I have a group DM with Vince and uh, Justin Hicken, who is one of our listeners, and the the chat usually just exists for me and Justin to argue with each other or more to the point, Justin to start arguments and, and then get mad when I argue back. Uh, but, uh, Justin, and I actually found ourselves agreeing on a few things, uh, on Wednesday night, uh, which, it, you know, it's not that rare, but we do argue a lot, but, uh, we, we kind of had some back and forth when they brought in Santana in the ninth instead of Kenley. Uh, it was kind of interesting. Just the idea of, I expected Santana to pitch better than Kenley since Kenley was on back-to-back nights. But I also liked the idea of Kenley going in the ninth against the bottom-ish of the order and starting a cleaning with nobody on. Of course, if Kenley continues to walk the first batter he faces, it won't matter if he comes into a clean inning. But that was something Justin and I agreed on. But later in the night, uh, in the bottom of the 11th, when Garrett Clevenger struck out the first two batters. So Dodgers are up by one run, two outs, and Matt Duffy coming up, tying run on second. And uh, Justin and I kind of discussed, would you, would you walk Matt Duffy to get to Tony Walters? 
And, you know, the, the conventional wisdom is you never walk the potential winning run. Uh, and I understand the conventional wisdom. And I'm going to tell you why I disagree with it in this case. And I think every, every bit of conventional wisdom is subject to situational thinking. And here's what you have. You have Matt Duffy, who's a right-hander, facing Garrett Clevenger, who's a left-hander. Uh, Clevenger hasn't pitched enough in the big leagues to really know. Uh, you know, he's not definitely not a severe split guy, uh, but he's, you know, he's left-handed. Duffy hits left-handers better than he hits right-handers, which is definitely consideration. And then for me, the biggest consideration is Tony Walters is on deck. Tony Walters is left-handed, and he doesn't hit anybody well. Tony Walters' main defining characteristic as a baseball player is being a bad hitter. That's what Tony Walters is and does. He is bad at hitting baseballs. Sure, he could have he could have gotten a hit. It could have happened. As it was, he ended up walking. But for me, that's partly because Matt Duffy had already hit the game tying single, uh, and so you know there was a different. It was a different mindset. If you have Clevenger there having just struck out two batters, and then facing Tony Walters, if the three batters he actually faced were strikeout, strikeout, Tony Walters, regardless of the fact that you intentionally walked the potential winning run. I think he gets Tony Walters out because Clevenger is confident at that point and Walters is bad at hitting. And so for me, and the other thing is you're in extra innings. Uh, the the winning run, like if the the way the Dodgers have been playing in extra innings, knowing they're, they're low on pitching, you know, if you let the tying run score, there's a decent chance you're going to lose the game anyway. So whether it's in that inning, like it ended up being, or in the next inning, you know, for me, the the risk reward there of should I face Matt Duffy, who's better against lefties, or should I face Tony Walters, who's bad against everybody with two outs? For me, it's it's a no-brainer. And I understand why Roberts didn't do it, because the conventional wisdom exists for a reason. And if he does walk him and then Walters hits a game game-winning double, you know, Roberts never hears the end of it. But for me, uh, even before the fact, even before it, it went wrong against Duffy, I would have walked Duffy uh, to get to Tony Walters, who's bad at baseball. That's what I would have done. And I think that's a situation where you have to look at the existing situation rather than the conventional wisdom. Uh, my last thoughts for today is about blocking the plate. In the 10th inning, um, the Dodgers scored one run on a Max Muncy double. Justin Turner got thrown out at the plate on the plate to end the inning. Uh, Wilson Contreras blocked the plate illegally. Uh, they went to replay. New York did not overturn the call like they should have. Uh, it was you know, not the most egregious blocking of the plate, but it was clear that before the ball was in Contreras' glove, he his knee was on the entire plate. He was blocking the plate before he had the ball, which is what, what the rule says he can't do. Another thing the rule says is that if the catcher is blocking the plate, the runner can run him over uh, because, uh, you know, the, the rule just says the runner cannot initiate contact cannot go out of his way to initiate contact but if the catcher's blocking the plate the the runner has a has the right to try to score and we saw it a few years ago when Matt Kemp uh I don't remember if it was 2018 or if it was before when Matt Kemp was on must have been 2018 and there was I think it was Robinson Chirinos of the Rangers and there was a situation at the plate where Kemp Chirinos was blocking the plate and Kemp ran him over and there was little words exchanged but the fact was 
Trinos didn't block the plate till he had the ball. And once he was blocking the plate, Kemp was allowed to run him over, and he did. And nobody was ejected. Nobody was called out for that. He, Kemp was out because Trinos held on to the ball, and everybody moved on with their lives. Now, do I want Justin Turner running over uh, Wilson Contreras in full gear? No, I do not. Which is why what I wish would happen is that Major League Baseball would enforce the rule that they put on the books. If Wilson Contreras blocks the plate... Justin Turner should be called safe because the only alternative is for Justin Turner to run over Wilson Contreras and risk one or both of them getting hurt, which is the reason the rule exists. So that doesn't happen. So major league baseball, Rob Manfred, I know you're listening. You know, I'm your biggest fan. You friggin' moron. If you're going to have a rule on the books, you need to enforce it. And what happened there was Wilson Contreras illegally blocked the plate and Justin Turner could not score because of it, and your umpires did nothing about it, and that's garbage. And I would obviously not be as passionate about it if it had been uh, my team benefiting from the cheating, uh, but I would still think it was garbage. And the fact that it just happened to go against my favorite team just makes it worse and makes me uh, speak more passionately about it. But bottom line, I am on the record all over the place as saying I want the rules enforced correctly, whether it's the strike zone, whether it's the blocking the plate rule, whatever rule, if there is a rule, I want it enforced because that I, I watch baseball to watch baseball players play baseball, not to watch umpires be hit and miss on enforcing the rules. The rules are just the structure of the game. It's no fun playing Monopoly with somebody who cheats. Monopoly, if you like Monopoly, it's because you like the strategy of Monopoly. If you like whatever game you like, if, if you're playing with a cheater, you don't like it. And cheating or being bad at enforcing the rules, it's the same net effect, which makes it less fun to watch. So, Rob Manfred, you moron. If you're going to have a rule on the books, enforce it, get it right. It's garbage. So, that's my thoughts on that. Wilson, It's not the first time Wilson Contreras has done that. He's had a game against the Dodgers a few years ago where the call was overturned, and he was a crybaby about it. The Cubs, uh, more than most teams, we also had Anthony Rizzo a couple years ago uh, not understanding the, the rule about not initiating contact. He took out, I think it was Elias Diaz of the Pirates uh, on a potential double play Rizzo went three feet out of the baseline to take out Diaz at the knee. Uh, so, you know, the Cubs have a history of not being good at that rule. And tonight we saw it again and New York let them get away with it. And uh, I think that's a shame, partly because the Dodgers would have won without that. And partly because, you know, rules exist for a reason. And Rob Manfred fire him hire hashtag Jeff for commissioner. It, it, it's ridiculous now. Uh, so that's all I have for today, guys. Vince is going to come along now. He's going to talk about more about the after game quotes and a few other things about this game and maybe talk a little bit about him seeing Shohei Otani pitching live tonight. I don't know if he'll talk about that or not, but you'll find out in a minute. Vince will be along in a minute. Have y'all heard about Sports Trade? It's where fantasy sports meets the stock market, and it's amazing. You're taking fantasy to a whole nother level. It's like Robin Hood, but for fantasy sports. Their platform allows you to buy and sell shares in your favorite players, just like real stocks. Finally, there's a fair and exciting way to cash in on your knowledge of sports, and now baseball's been added to the platform, so go check it out today. Making money with Sports Trade is simple. Player values rise and fall based on two factors. Their statistical performance in each game compared to their projected performance in that game, the more points scored, the higher the value. And then supply and demand, baby. The more demand a player has, the higher his value goes. So when you're ready to buy shares, you can pick a penny stock like a rookie with huge upside or grab that blue chip vet who's always a solid performer. Buy and sell shares instantly in as many players as you like, just like the stock market. Then watch the players battle and watch your portfolio value rise. Simply go to sportstrade.com, watch the How It Works video, and then sign up to get started. 
Sign up today on SportsTrade.com and discover the fun, exciting, and profitable new world of sports trading. This is truly the evolution of fantasy sports. You will be amazed. Don't sit on the sidelines any longer. Get in the game at SportsTrade.com. Want another way to get money? Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Right now, you can bet on baseball, of course, but you can track all the action on all the other sports. NBA, NHL, UFC, MMA, boxing, whatever's coming up, you can find all the odds and info at Bet Online. Just head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, action, sign-up bonuses, contest information, odds, whatever you need, Bet Online has it for you. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their seasons and for the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus after your first deposit with the promo code LOCKED ON. So go to betonline.ag, use the promo code LOCKED ON, and get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sports book experts. All right, I'm here to close out the show. And yeah, Dodgers, once again, not so great. As you guys know, I was actually at the Angel game last night. The Angels also lost. But I see Shohei Otani, or Shohei Otani, sorry, pitch. And that was pretty cool. You know, just being able to go see somebody of that caliber talent just pitch on a random regular Wednesday night is uh, pretty cool. And Angel Stadium, it's not so bad. I, uh, not as bad as I remember. It's a little bit better, I guess. I don't know. But uh, either way, we're not here to talk about the Angels. We're here to talk about the Dodgers. Dodgers, as you guys know, lost. There was uh, not any like crazy post-game quotes. There was Dave Roberts basically saying kind of what he's been. We're in a bad. We're in a like slump. Uh, not not executing. Not doing the little things. Not uh, you know not coming through when they need to come through uh max muncie shared similar sentiments he said we're frustrated we're way better than this period uh walker bueller said that the dodgers playing fine that they still trust everybody in the locker room that they know that they have the guys that can get the big pitch or the big hit and uh yeah i mean it's just a time of frustration obviously guys aren't going to give the days of a player going off or, or a tirade or anything like that are, are probably well behind, especially on the Dodgers side. So we're never going to get anything other than, you know, we're working on it and, and cliche answers. But I think with the Dodgers, what we have to realize right now is just, yeah, it, it's a bad time. There's a, a bad combination of a, of a lot of things, some slumps. You know, we've talked about it. Mookie Betts slumping, Corey Seager slumping. Uh, seemingly half the almost the whole lineup slumping other than like Justin Turner who's still been hitting pretty well uh, but not very fast on, on the bases as we, as we saw uh, and as Jeff talked about but uh, I think there's just a lot to get into and 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 I t- we touched on this a little bit yesterday the bullpen uh, much maligned and, and a lot of blame getting placed on Dave Roberts or on the bullpen uh, and not maybe not as much on the offense as it should. You know, the offense puts a couple extra runs in some of these games. Uh, it's not even an issue what happens in some of these later games. Uh, but the bullpen's pitching in a run-run game every single night with a bullpen that's down three or four guys already, with the bullpen that has two or three to four rookies at a time, depending on who's up at the current time. Uh, it's just a lot to overcome, and, and the Dodgers are good enough to do it. Like I said, if the offense was holding up their weight, uh, there wouldn't even be an issue. The Dodgers would probably be slightly above 500 over their last few games, and, and we wouldn't even be worried about any of this. But since the offense is struggling, it just makes everything else mag- magnified, and it makes the margin for error that much smaller. So while I'm not worried about the Dodgers 
as a whole, you know, I, I would like to see some guys get healthy, come back. We we heard before the game, Cody Bellinger is still not running at full strength. Uh, who knows how long it's going to be before they get him back. No real update on Zach McKinstry other than he hadn't swung a bat uh, earlier this week. So they're, they're, those two guys are, are a big key and a big part of what the Dodgers could be and what the offense could could be. But uh, it's going to be a little bit a little bit till they get back. One guy that did go on the IL that we had been worrying – or not worrying, we had been – uh, thinking he could deserve a demotion or, or something to set his head right. Edwin Rios was placed on the 10-day IL with right a right shoulder issue, nothing specific, uh, which, you know, some people are calling it a, a kind of a demotion of a sense. But I think if the Dodgers, you know, there was no issue with just sending him down to AAA if that was the case, if they, you know, wanted to give him a, a demotion. And the better part would be if he does get a demotion, he could go back to AAA and, uh, you know, face not as great pitching, get get, get something right. So if his shoulder is bothering him, you know, he can take as long as he wants to get back. Obviously, he's on the 10-day I.O. Uh, but I, you you would think that this is a situation where, all right, his shoulder's bothering him. They're going to let him go on the I.O. for a little bit and, and get right. And then once he's ready, then he's going to have to go play some rehab games. And then he'll go to AAA, play some rehab games, and get back and, and hopefully provide something to the Dodgers other than what he had been providing, uh, which was sadly absolutely nothing. And uh, on the Dodgers' side, you know, I'm not sure – Probably for the weekend, just the way things have been, and maybe a potential bullpen game. They haven't really announced the rotation for the weekend that Uceta might stay up, and especially since they had to use extra pitchers and guys on back-to-back days that they didn't want to in last night's game, then uh, they'll probably just just keep the extra pitcher for now and, and let the offense roll, especially with the DH this weekend. They're not going to have to make too many changes or have too many uh, pinch hit opportunities. And then the other thing is that Joe Kelly could be back uh, in the next week or so. Which would be a big boost to the Dodgers bullpen, assuming that Kelly is healthy, like he said, assuming that everything went right with the surgery. And, you know, Kelly was serviceable last year. He wasn't really used in any high leverage situations. We found out why later, why he couldn't throw a fastball, why he was throwing a lot of curveballs, why it never seemed like he could figure out where his location was more so than usual. And if Kelly's fixed, that's going to be a big boost to the bullpen. Blake Chining, Kenley Jansen, Victor Gonzalez in the back half are, are kind of been the stable and the stalwarts, but uh, none of them have been extremely lights out. And not saying Joe Kelly's going to come back and be lights out, but he gives them another guy who can come in, you know, pump 98 with a with a nasty curve and miss some bats, hopefully, and and provide some late inning. Uh, heroics maybe would be the right word especially the way it is right now uh and you know the Dodgers have to stop getting an extra inning games as well you know using guys like Gary Clevenger Alex Vesia guys who are just kind of getting thrown into the fire right away in extra inning games with the runner on second base as we've seen in the last week so you know, having those having Kelly back, you know, obviously bumps somebody else off. It it gives them some length. You know, he's a guy who it might take a while for him to be able to pitch back to back games, but at least every other day or, or every two days he'll be able to throw. And it's gonna benefit the Dodgers, assuming he's healthy and pitches well. It's obviously gonna benefit them in the long run. David Price already threw off a mound. Uh, they had a four to six wing timetable on him since he's not really running or anything hamstring strain he might be able to come back a little faster since he's not necessarily using the hamstring as much as he would if he was on the base pass or in the field uh, that would be another welcome addition to the bullpen and as we know tony gonson's working his way to come back as a starter so 
there is help on the way for the Dodgers. Uh, it's just going to take a little bit of time to get there and to get those guys adjusted. Bruce Dark Gratterall is going to Arizona to, to work on some stuff and get healthy. So he might be out for a little bit longer than, than they expected. Uh, so it, it's kind of a, a double-edged sword. The Dodgers, with all these injuries, guys like, like Garrett Clevenger, guys like Alex Vesia, guys like you know even Dennis Santana and even Edwin Uceta are, are getting valuable uh, prime time innings in key situations and it'll help them in the long run or it'll help the Dodgers realize that hey maybe these guys aren't the ones that we think uh, but it, it's definitely been an interesting last couple weeks and and the Dodgers are the reinforcements are slowly but surely on the way it's kind of like the episode in in uh, not the episode kind of like the part in the scene in Endgame uh, at the end with the major battle and everyone's starting to come in through the little portals. Uh, the Dodgers portals from the injury list just have to start opening up and guys can come back. And then we'll, we'll see what this Dodgers team can really do. Like Walker Buehler put it put it right and, and kind of in perspective a little bit is, you know, there's they're playing decent enough. They're in a bunch of these games. They're just not getting that big hit, that big pitch. Uh, if they get guys that can make those big hits or big pitch or, or make it easier on everyone to, to – have the ability to make that big pitch or big hit, then, then that's what's going to happen. And I think it's – obviously it's annoying that the Dodgers are losing all these games close, but it's also a good thing, like I, I mentioned last week or earlier this week, is they're just right there, and they just need a couple guys to get healthier, a couple guys to execute. I mean, that's the biggest part is at the end of the day, some of these guys, they're good enough to make the outs or get the outs or get the hits, and they're just not doing it. And at, after that, after a certain point, it's just like, all right, you know, it's, it can't be on always on the manager. It can't always be on one specific thing. It can be on a guy, collective group of guys not executing and coming through, and, and that's kind of where we're at right now with the Dodgers. Uh, but I'm, I'm honestly a lot calmer than I thought. Uh, and I don't think it's just because the long season and because the World Series last year. I just think that, you know, the Dodgers are still in a good spot. They're still above 500 right now. They haven't even played the Giants yet. They've already played the Padres seven times of the 19 times. And like I said, help's on the way. And hopefully that that's what they need. So that's going to do it for me for today's episode. That's going to do it for us for today's episode. Thank you all for listening. Make sure to subscribe to Locked on Dodgers if, or subscribe or follow to Locked on Dodgers if you haven't already done so. Make sure to follow us on social media, Twitter and Instagram at Locked on Dodgers. Jeff is on Twitter at Snydog. I'm at Vince Samperio. Make sure to tell your friends and family or post about us or tell your coworkers, uh, you know, tell your boss, whoever you want to tell to, to listen to Locked on Dodgers. Make sure that you tell them because – uh, I think more people want to listen when the Dodgers are playing bad. The Dodgers are playing bad right now, and you want to listen and get those frustrations out or at least have some sense of optimism. I think we're giving you a good dose of both right now. You're getting some optimism, but you're also getting, hey, the Dodgers are playing bad right now, or these guys are playing bad, or, you know, Jeff even criticized Dave Roberts, so who knows what's going to happen if the Dodgers keep losing. Uh, but either way, um, if you want to get a hold of us, you can you can do so on phone or text at 323-863-5625 or email LockedOnDodgers at gmail.com. We're here every weekday morning, and we hope you'll be with us when you get in your car or if you're at home. Take your smart device to play podcasts, Locked on Dodgers. And remember, you don't have to agree. You just have to listen. Have a good one. D, I say D-O, D-O-D-G-E-R-S. The team that's all heart, all heart and all thumbs. They're my Los Angeles, your Los Angeles, our Los Angeles. Do you think we'll really win the pennant? Bonzo, damn bonzo.
Hey Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.